TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 484, and I am Libya, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm a professor of communication and media studies at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hey, this is Peter. I live in uh, Hollywood, and I write for Why So Blue. And this is Yusun uh, from Los Angeles, your TV enthusiast costume designer. All right, let's start off with the news. First up, we have that The Wilds has been renewed for Season 2 at Netflix. Lock and Key gets an early Season 3 pickup ahead of Season 2 at Netflix. The Flight Attendant has been renewed uh, for Season 2 at HBO Max. Uh, Virgin River has been renewed for Season 3 at Netflix. Season 2 was not that good. (laughs) Well, it got a Season 3 anyway. Uh, AP Bio has been renewed for season four at Peacock. Um, HBO Max series Peacemaker, which is a spinoff of Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad, Livia. What'd you say? The Suicide Squad. Okay. Whatever, man. It's the second movie. (laughs) It's just, okay. I don't care. I'm probably not going to watch it. Uh, but they added more cast members, and it starts production in January. Uh, the Servant, or just Servant, has landed an early season three pickup at Apple Plus, or TV Plus. And Fantasy Island has scored a straight-to-series order at Fox. And I Tom, do. you have news. Yes, I do. Uh, at ABC, Grey's Anatomy showrunner Christopher Vernoff has teased that Patrick Dempsey will return again... For the second half of season seventeen, they killed. Isn't him he dead? Part. I was like, wait, he's dead, right? Meredith has been Meredith has been kind of in a coma or something, so she's seeing all these people who've died on the show, like Dempsey and uh, T.R. Knight. T.R. Knight. Uh, Amazon has ordered Boots Riley's "I'm a Virgo" with Emmy winner Jarell Jerome to series. Sam Jackson is going to star in a limited series for Apple TV Plus, "The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray." Um, Disney Plus made a surprise announcement at the end of the Mandalorian finale that the Book of Boba Fett will be coming in December of 21. I have a clarification slash question. So based is it separate or is it going to be the Mandalorian book of, okay. It's a separate series. They, there was a whole variety article about it. Okay. Thank you. Because I was about to get upset. I mean, I'm yeah. technically Bubba Fett, because they, they went through a whole thing about Bubba Fett is not a Mandalorian. He may have Mandalorian yeah. armor, no, but he's is... not a Mandalorian. So this is the third spinoff of the Mandalorian. <laughs> That's okay. I'm not sure. I'm, I really care about Bubba Fett being a criminal mastermind. I'm not sure I care about that. But anyway. I mean, what's interesting is Lucas had written a bunch of scripts for a show called Star Wars Underworld. Before the acquisition, before the Disney acquisition, so I wonder if some of those elements will make its way into the Boba Fett series. Okay, all right. Okay. Uh, also, 
Disney Plus announced another series, Marvel Studios Legends, that will be showcase individual characters viewers have come to know and love over the years and revisit some of their most iconic moments. Like a documentary? I They haven't said yet. We huh. do know... I'm wondering if it's kind of like a setup to kind of get people ready for the individual series. Because they said huh. that the, uh, it's okay. going to kick off by highlighting Wanda Maximoff and Vision. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, and we've known this for a while, but they are definitely not proceeding with the Lizzie McGuire revival. Similarly, Fox is not proceeding with the Cookie spinoff from Empire with Taraji P. Henson. Oh, I mean, not I, that I can't. I wouldn't have watched it, but I like Taraji P. Henson. So. She's awesome, but Empire grew weary towards yes, his last. I agree. Alicia Vikander will star in Irma Vep, a limited series from French director Olivier Assayas, based on his 96 film. HBO Max is finally on Roku. They have also they're pulling Chappelle's show at his request. Oh, that's from Netflix, right? No, from HBO Max. Oh, I thought it was on Netflix. Oh, okay, go ahead. No, they pulled it first. Okay. <laughs> Dylan Sprouse will join Mindy Kaling's The Sex Lives of College Girls. This is his first major television role since 2011. Uh, his identical twin, Cole Sprouse, plays Jughead on Riverdale. Hulu has canceled Hellstrom, which we all suspected because they dumped it all at once. And that makes that is the official end of Marvel television projects versus Marvel Studios projects for television. Um, J-Lo will executive produce and star in an adaptation of The Cypher for Netflix. Showtime has given a series order for Yellow Jackets. And What's finally, that? What's Yellow Jackets? Yellow Jackets, Yellow Jackets is a drama. Okay. <laughs> and, and MGM International Television Productions has greenlit The Reunion. It's a high-profile English-language adaptation of Guillaume Musso's novel. All righty. That is all the news? That is all the news. All right, let's start talking about the shows. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about Barb, Barb, Bob, Hart, Abishola. And I'm very proud that I have sucked Yusun into that series because I couldn't get any of the rest of you guys to watch it, which is a shame. You really should watch it. It's a lot well, of fun. Well, we should, we should keep trying. There's plenty of time. And it's... And it's <laughs> Really, I don't want to interrupt. I'll let you start, but especially because you were the one that got me into it. But it is a really easy, fun binge. So it's definitely not too late. And it's a half-hour sitcom. So, I mean, how hard could it be? Right. Um, one thing that I will say that that now that we're in season two, we're partially in, I really like their relationship. But I do feel that, especially with this last episode, Bob needs to stand up for himself a little bit because... I mean, generally speaking, I always sided with Abishola that Bob was wrong and she was right for all of season one for the most part. But this season, I feel like sometimes Abishola's wrong. So she's not always right. And I really wanted Bob to stop being such a pushover. I mean, I don't mean he should like yell at her or get in her face, but, you know, stand up for himself a little bit. That would, that would be nice. That would be a nice change of pace. Uh, so what, what did you think of this episode this week, Yusin? Um, well, I, I know you want to stay episode centric, but we've never covered the show before. So I really yeah, we did. Like we we, we did. Little... We did cover the show when it first came out when I was trying to convince oh, everybody else to watch that. it. 
Yeah, you, you oh, zoned okay. me out. You and everybody else were listening to me. <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose. It just never kind of – no, I will say this because you asked me a direct question. I tried to watch it, and I didn't hate it, but I definitely didn't love it, and it didn't wasn't able to rise above the noise for me. You know what I mean? So it was definitely not – for those people who haven't been watching it, we are trying to convince people to start. Um, I really, really want to say that as a 22-episode season, it definitely falls under my give it six. I mean – I mean, I think it picks up right by at least by four. But what I'm saying is if you're willing, you know, especially over holiday break, a lot of shows on hi- hiatus or finished up, now is a perfect time to do it. And give it six, uh, you know, minimum four. But th- that to answer your question, that's why I just didn't, you know, jump. I tried. And then I was like, eh, there's other shows I want to watch. So swinging back to to rebut or to, to, you know, agree with you for sure on where they're at now, this episode five – uh, I believe was about um, here. Here's what I will say. I love the development of the, all the characters and speaking to what you just said about um, uh, Bob needing a, a spine. I don't know that I always agreed with, with Abishola, but that was ca- sort of part of the conceit of the show. She's right. the tough one. He's the softy. So I, I don't necessarily, you know, agree with all of her stuff, but it was funny and it, you know, it was part of the growing of their relationship, but I, and I 100% agree with you that it's time, but I feel like that's the natural arc. You know what I mean? That's what we want to real. Everyone should want to see that. We want her to soften up and him to toughen up, you know, because that would be the natural course, I believe, you know, of a healthy, you know, uh, authentic relationship. And I'm really hoping they do that because I think they're doing a really nice job of being, you know, in a, in a, in a very, um, not very, but in an unusual relationship, it's. I still feel like it would be a very normal, healthy arc uh, or or development, and I feel like they're doing a nice job of being sweetly authentic. I mean, obviously, in the sitcom world, it's nothing's really particularly you know authentic. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean. Was but, this the but, one you know, where where her son was helped she, out with helped, the garbage? Yeah, I mean, with yeah. The, the garage. Yes. And he, and that, to be fair, Bob did give him way too much stuff. But it was still his trash to give away. But it was still her yes. job as a mom to determine what her son could get, too. Yes, but I what I really liked about this episode, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think I am not wrong, but um, first of all, it was, again, a natural extension. He's trying to bond with her son, and mm-hmm. that's definitely been set up throughout the series, and I like the way that he did it. But I also feel like this was a really good device to... Uh, have it revealed to Abishola that he isn't some spoiled rich kid, you know, and he was able to reveal, th- they were able to reveal through the show, I think the mom sprung it on her, that yeah. he was really an incredibly stand-up guy, that when his dad died, she he quit college to come run the business, and so that, again, all, moves us all towards her having a deeper uh, uh, respect for him and also softening up to him. So right. kind of making them more like emotional, whatever equals. Cause I do feel sh- like she feels like she's um, his emotional superior, mm-hmm. you know, like she's a little self-righteous, which again is part of her character. And if done well, it's part of her journey and her, you know, her change or improvement. So I have no complaints about it, but I do agree with you. If the show doesn't start moving towards it, them being a little bit more emotionally equal, it'll, it will get a little, grading or a little yeah. annoying you old yeah. you know what i mean so but i have i have faith in the show and it's yeah it's really I, smartly written so far 
and I just want to say this last thing, really, because I didn't get to say anything about the show. And, and even if we talked about it, you guys talked about it. It's been so long. It needs to be said that this is a sleeper of a show. It's a little the little show that could. I don't know anyone who even knows about it, let alone watched it. And it is some really good, sweet writing. Not a fan of Chuck Lorre or his comedy, but I'll start with just real three or four really quick points. The the uh, chemistry and the relationship between the two actors is really fantastic. Yeah. It wouldn't work without them being like that. So that's a top notch. I mean, it, the whole thing rests on it. Number two, all of the side characters are fantastic. All of them. Um, uh, I don't I like the twins as much. Oh, no, no, you're much right. You're right. No, no. You're absolutely right, except I think the sister is coming up. For me, the brother is pretty useless, but I feel like they've, there's a chance to kind of fix him up. But no, I 100% agree with you. But uh, but the mom who I did, didn't She's like fantastic. very much. She's I thought she was a poorly done Archie Bunker. I really did. And I thought, oh, she's just going to be a foil and it's gonna, she's going to be a one-note kind of a thing. She also has grown beautifully. So so the characters, the, the uh, chemistry, and the last thing I want to say is it is neither overly sappy or trying too hard to be funny. It's just a lovely balance of sweet without, uh, you know, without being saccharine. And I, I was surprised that this show is funny enough for have to have me laugh out loud. It's been mm -hmm. a long time. You know what I mean? Like I have literally been like, <laughs> you know, like, and that's lovely to hear the sound of my own laughter during the <laughs> during the middle of a pandemic. So points for Bob and Abishol. If you're not watching it, give it a chance. Give it six. It is a lovely little surprise. All right, nice, thank you. All right, moving on, we're gonna talk about uh, the flight attendant who also Yusa has been watching, so her and Tom can talk about episodes five and six and let four us and know five. four and what did I say? Four and yeah, five. Four and four five, and let us know what you guys think, why we should be watching, whatever. Because Tom hasn't had anybody to debate about this show since uh, Peter only watched the pilot, so yeah. go for it. Tom, I'm glad you said came on board because I'm having a great time and we can, I can pick up the pace. You son decided to finish the whole thing, finish it. <laughs> <laughs> which isn't necessarily a question of like how much I love liked it uh, for reals. Because I, I definitely have problems, but I really want to hear what you have to say, Tom. Because I don't know any of the stuff you said previous to you know, on the previous podcast. So love to hear what you have to say. Uh, Last week, I talked about episode three by myself, but episode three was the funeral. But episode four is she uses the clue from the funeral to find out that her her dead, hot Danish boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> so, hot. so the boyfriend's not supposed to be Danish, but the actor is, but that he and his family are up to some shady stuff. So there's this secret flight they've been going. So she uses her uh, her powers of persuasion to entice one of her pilot friends to take her on this trip to discover that basically they're going to like this warehouse and she's not sure. It's an airplane exactly. hanger. I think yeah. they're just doing the airplane hanger. Airplane hanger. But the big news of the show is that she goes back to Sabrina, the receptionist who knows far more than we think she knows. And, but she gets beaten there, but she, uh, Miranda beats her there and then she can hear a struggle from inside, and she bangs on the door and calls 911, goes out to the street, and Miranda's body comes flying down to the sidewalk. Or not flying, yeah. but dropping down to the sidewalk. So that was the end of episode four, and episode five picks up after that 
she comes um Annie sorry to interrupt but I I honestly don't have the memory to do both at the same time can we just can we can we just talk about four real quick and then move on to five is that okay Sure. Okay. Because I just want to pick up some stuff you didn't talk about because, you know, there there was, you know, anyway, because the other, I think, big note, I don't know if it's a big note, but the episode was a full half of half of it. And, and it'll it'll uh, I can it goes into a criticism of my show. Um, we just talked about this pre podcast it mentioned his name, T.R. Knight, I believe that people will yes. know, know him from Grey's Anatomy. Um I, you know, I have a little problem with both the the writing or let me just say it. Uh, the half the episode is about him meeting up with his him and his husband with the kids coming to visit, which is a huge aspect of the show, because that is how we enter in or that's that's how we enter into the b story or maybe it's really not the b story it really is half of the a story um about her history her past her childhood and how throughout from now from right from the beginning till now and even more so because it's building even more are her memories of her childhood you know and so he's the end for like what her trauma is and and kind of hinting at towards why she may be an alcoholic and i mean it's a huge deal the series (laughs) Girlfriend's right, got a, right. I don't think there's a maybe there. There's no maybe there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just, yeah, I I mean, if you've watched the show for that point, I just, I didn't want to do full spoilers. I mean, is she a party girl or is she a full-on alcoholic? So, oh, no, sure, if you've been watching by five, sorry? She's an alcoholic. <laughs> she's yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But, but, but for the point of the review, or for my point is, she definitely is you know, in denial, which is a lot of alcoholics for sure. But that is actually part of her discovery. She really not only needs to know, to accept that she's an alcoholic, but the TR night is how we know that like, there's absolutely a very, you know, I don't know if good is the right word, but it, it absolutely tells us why she is the way that she is or trying to tell us. But I feel like TR night is, terribly under underused really and i and i think that he's um uh underwritten to be honest but but it's a hard show because there are really a lot of wheels spinning there's there's like a b story and a c story and i will say this and then we can move on to four big five because this is also a feature um is uh, the rosie character her flight attendant best friend doing industrial espionage espionage on her husband I'm yes, wondering how that's yeah, going to pay exactly. off. Sorry, what? I'm wondering how that's going to pay off. Yeah, and I, I think they why, started oh, to. I, I think they just started to 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 give a connection because um, her her uh, best friend, lawyer friend, is clearly involved having to do a favor for the the same people. Uh, for a bunch yeah. of Koreans. <laughs> oh. <laughs> interject because you know it is about my people so um here here for, for reals no for reals i just want to finish up because we're talking about the rosie thing so yes allison thank you for reminding me we are definitely learning more and thank you tom because i would have i possibly would have given it a spoiler um uh we are definitely learning more about uh the the the, the sorry uh, the flight attendants i'm just gonna call her rosie the flight attendants um espionage story so that's way less interesting to me um and it would be interesting to see you know if 
you know, how or if and when, you know, and this is that was very non-spoiler free because there's all sorts of options. If that ties in together with everything. Um, so that that's actually nice because you kind of don't know where that's going. But I want to shout out to Rosie. I really like her in this. Um, you know, she's always kind of built a career on being sassy, you know, and, and strong and mouthy. And this is the absolute opposite. So nice job by her. Nice choice of either casting or her accepting the role. Uh, and the last thing I want to say, though, is... Um, uh, uh, I don't know. You can cut this part. Keep going. You, we can switch to five, but I did. Oh, no, Koreans. Koreans. But no, no, no. Actually, we do need to switch to five because oh, we're, we're, we've been on okay, this a long ahead, time. So let's keep go going. Ahead, let's yeah, keep going. Episode five. five, the main thrust is she figures out that he was, she, rem she keeps having, she keeps remembering things he said to her because she's having this inner conversation with, with him in her dream state or whatever, or her alcoholic fervor state. But she, she remembers that he worked out of home, so she and her bestie's boyfriend break in, right. <laughs> break into his Lux apartment. She discovers his ridiculous stash of Playboys going back to the 50s in chronological order, but they're trying to get onto the computer, and then Miranda comes and is trying to do right. the exact same thing that they were doing, and then uh, that thread culminates with them... Uh, finding a clue, leaving the apartment, and then a car comes hurtling toward them, and he pushes her out of the way and gets hit and may or may not be dead. I'm like, dude, jump out of the way yourself, too. You <laughs> yeah, I hate that trope. Yes, I really do. It's like, if you up. have time to push yes. somebody out of the way, you have time to get out of the way, too. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to sacrifice yourself. I was hoping someone else would say that because I didn't want to be accused of being picky. But not only is it a ridiculous trope, it really was ridiculously directed and shot in this because clearly he could have done the football tackle. You just yes. go in for the waist and keep going. You know what I mean? And like he literally, I rewound it. It was so bad. He like stops, pushes her, and then leans back to be hit by the car. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. I watched it three times because I was like, are you just being anal? And I was like, no, football hurdle dude i mean football tackle just keep going so keep go back but i'm glad so everyone else noticed it it was ridiculous ridiculous and then um oh uh zosha mamet basically has to do something for her mob clients because they had helped him with the she had, she had, she, mob. okay yes the korean mob so it basically involves smuggling evidently either drugs or a suicide pill into a client in jail so we'll find out more about that in uh, episode uh, six, I presume. Well, Al, but no, Al I, I, I'm still digging the show. I mean, it's not perfect, but I'm intrigued. I want to know what's going on. Allison, you haven't really talked a little bit. Can you just give your thoughts on what you think of this episode or whatever? Yeah, well, I I, I kind of plowed through it. I marathoned, you know, because you, you guys were talking about it and it was good and all of that. And I finally get HBO Max. Yay! So I could actually watch the thing. So yeah, I just I just kind of tore through all the way up to where you're talking about episode five. Um, and I'm I'm really enjoying the show. I think it gets by mainly on the strength of the, the main character's performance because yes, she's yes. she's just amazing to watch and she really is super engaging. And it's funny because uh, her 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 
little dead boyfriend um, or, or hookup, I should say, since they only were there the one night when they, they introduced him, I thought, well, that's just a shame because I, I knew the premise that there would be, you know, a guy she goes to bed with and he gets killed. And I thought that's a waste of a really good actor. I like him. He's only going to be there. It's really a shame. I thought. Yeah, and then suddenly he becomes like her permanent head partner, and and you know, so we we get more of him. And I notice how with every single episode he gets he gets spiffier looking. You know, it's like he starts out really covered in blood and everything. Well, he's and dressed for one. He's got clothing on. So he's got clothes on, and his know. hair is really nice now. And it's like I just I get I get this feeling that by the time she finishes with him, he's like going to be dressed like Prince Charming or something or in a tux. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, because it's just you know the fantasy man. But I I love that. I, I, what I really like about it, even though a lot of things are don't make logical sense, um, <laughs> is that the characters are really engaging, and I love the relationships be- between them. And I I you know Rosie also like like you said she really is impressing me because this is so against type. For her, but one thing that I thought was so interesting about relation, her, the relationship she has with the lead character is that she believes they're best friends, and the main character is so not aware of that. You know, that is that is so not the reality for her, and and that just that that is something that they usually don't talk about or cover with with relationships, friend relationships. Is it can be terribly one sided. Uh, in some in some cases, and I, I I like seeing how that dynamic is played out and where it's going to go. So I'm on board till the end. All righty. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Young Sheldon, and this week's episode was interesting in that Sheldon wasn't in it that much. He's in the best part. He's in the best part, the the well, whole Dungeons and Dragons part, which is well, funny. yes, we as nerds like the Dungeons and Dragons, but I think this episode was actually more about relationships. It was about yeah, the Mima sure. and and her boyfriend and how he was trying to be super nice guy. Then the parents were fighting because they weren't communicating, and then the brother, I forgot the brother's name, thought he got his girlfriend pregnant because it's like <laughs> ramifications of I got this van, I can have more sex with my girlfriend. Uh, having a lot of sex with your girlfriend means you might get her pregnant. So I like that they actually deal, dealt with like consequences of his irresponsible actions. So all those okay. things together, I thought that was the heart. But you're right. Yes, Sheldon got to do Dungeons and Dragons. But the best part, but the best part of it was tied to the relationships. Yes, and Sheldon, because to me the best part was so they do the thing where. Because Sheldon is having them play D and D, it's uh, Mima, the boy, Dale. the Mima boyfriend, Pretty uh, Nelson, um, and the sister, and basically they're in the world, right? So they're dressed up, and it's something like they're like, oh, it's a chest, and she's like, oh, we should open it, and then, and then Pretty uh, Nelson's like, well, I don't know, I'm a paladin, and, like, <laughs> and, then, and then that that spurs the conversation of her being like, why you always want to be so good all the time now? What's going on with that? Which is about their relationships. But to me, like, so that was a really good, like it used all of it together. That's true. And I did like her turning herself into a teenage Ninja Turtle at the end. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty great. Like, uh, yeah, it's good. I thought the Georgie thing with his girlfriend, he just kept putting his foot in his mouth. It's like, oh, yeah. I had a nightmare. 
But I have to give him credit in that he was supportive. Like, he didn't freak out. Well, he did freak out, but in a good way. Like, he was like, okay, let's handle this. Let's see what's going on. Let's take the step by... Like, he didn't act like a jerk, um, which I was... Like, Georgie, you don't know which way he's going to go, necessarily. So, I liked how he dealt with his girlfriend. But, yes, he did put his foot in his mouth a lot. But it also... I didn't know if they were going to be pregnant because I feel like we know that in Big Bang Theory, I think Georgie has had kids and more than one wife. So that's why I was like, yeah. is the, are they going to get married? I was well, like, this, this I was is the one that gets knocked up out of wedlock, though. The way that he does or doesn't? Missy, the sister. Yeah, she's the one who gets... She's the one who gets knocked up out of wedlock. Well, that's... But that's in the... She's an adult and everything. It would be like... That's well, that. yeah. Um, but yeah, but it was good. It was a good it episode. Was the puberty episode, Peter. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I liked like I, like I liked how they dealt it with it. It was light, but still was like, hey kids, you can have all the sex you want, but there's still consequences. You got to deal with those. So that was all. That was all good. So thumbs up from me. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about the stand. Da da. This is how many? What remake number are we on? Is this the third remake of the stand? This, this is only the second remake. This is only the first remake. The f- but there's been one. Oh, I thought there was there, more than one other version. One before there was only the, one other version. Right. Okay. Yeah, there was one other version with Gary Sinise and Ruby D. Okay. Well, uh, I did not see that version. Uh, so this is my first, and I haven't read the book. So I'm coming at this totally fresh, oh. blank slate. Um, I thought it was okay like i thought it was a good start uh to a series i don't know if it's the greatest start but i was intrigued i was like i would watch this i'm totally gonna watch the next episode uh the only thing is i wanted to see more of Whoopi because i mean all the trailers show Whoopi goldberg and uh and skarsgård and we saw a grand total of five seconds of both of them so i'd like to see more of them in the upcoming episodes and I liked, uh, was it Marston? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, he's Marston, yeah. Yeah, I liked him a lot. Um, J.K. JK Simmons has a nice moment. Yeah, the, their, their scene Lincoln, was really good. you miss him, but he's there. Yeah. Has a, yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah. got another Oscar winner. Yeah. My, <laughs> big issue, my big issue, and I want to hear what everyone else thinks, but my big, I would, I would agree. I thought it was, it was, it was good enough that, I really think CBS should have dropped three episodes because sometimes I know streaming services do at that. At least two. Yeah, or at least two because it was it was good enough that by the end, I totally would have watched the next episode. I would have been like, well, all right, let's see where this is going. But it wasn't so strong that I'm like chomping at the bit for Thursday or whatever. I'm just like, yeah, okay, well now I guess I have to wait. Like, I, my biggest issue, and this is where I'll, I'll let's see what everyone else says is, we, so it's basically about three characters. Two of the characters are in the same small town. Um, one is a woman who's dealing with, you know, the end of the world and her father and having to deal with like what to do with her father's dead body. The other is Marsden who is immune. Well, I guess they're all immune. Um, and then the other is basically, I guess, represent, even though I don't think this, I don't know if this is the character from the book, but he's basically in today's world, he's basically an incel. He's like this very awkward person, white male who clearly likes this girl, but in a pretty creepy way. 
and it's uncomfortable and he also ends up having a manifesto and like it like setting He's up... also a sociopath who doesn't care that his parents are dead. Right, that's true. By the end, when I'm like, oh, okay, he's clearly, he's like one of the bad guys, like, or whatever. Like, I, my, my issue was, in the opening, we see the girl is in the front yard, and he is looking through a peephole. He's looking through a hole through the a wooden fence. It is and a peephole. Don't correct like, yourself. It was 100% a peephole. Yeah, and you're just like, what the heck is he doing? Then these two bully kids come and chase him, and they beat him up. I guess I had a hard time reconciling with what is essentially two tropes being mixed. One is creepy guy, which means negative, I don't like him. And then the other is bullies attacking a nerdy guy, which normally in any circumstance— we we are on the side. Except that, but except that you don't think that. Why are you saying he's a nerd? There's nothing about him that says nerd. Everything about him says creep. He's a would be writer. He's yeah, a would-be he's writer. writer. <laughs> he's he's not. He doesn't have emphasis physical, on would be. He's on a bicycle. He doesn't have physical prowess. He's awkward. Like to me, those but are that, like. I'm, nerd. Not, I'm not. Say, I'm saying in the in visual language of movies and TV. Nah, he seems Girl. more the nerdy type than he does. Like, yeah, I didn't have your issue at all. So I, that was. So that was my thing. So my so that, I'll stop talking in a second. My, so my thing was that I because I don't know the ending, I'm watching it being like, wait, am I really supposed to sympathize with this guy? This guy's terrible. Then he say then the uh, the one woman on the show tries to kill herself because she doesn't want to live in this world anymore, and he saves her life. And I was like, well saving someone's life's a good thing, but I keep thinking he wants to rape her or something. So so there so I just couldn't wrap my head around storytelling wise where we were going by the end once he's like i will kill marston and her and i was like okay he's clearly the bad guy like uh, so that that to me was i just felt it was a mixed message for me and i wasn't sure about that i'm sorry everyone i thought it was more comp what you're describing is actually a complex character and i don't think it was a mixed message at all like i very much thought from the beginning he was a bad guy I didn't have that issue. I, I think I don't like the way that this episode was written. And having seen another version of it before, I'm not a fan of of so many. If you're going to use flashbacks, use them judiciously. But when you get to a flashback within a flashback, that's just stupid. that's very yeah, that's true. It, the thing it, is, it, I it makes it convoluted for no reason. For no and reason at all. The plot line would have been stronger if we had started kind of on the on the nerdy kid's side and then see him devolve into right. jealousy and whatnot, instead of always being, Oh, creeper and writing him off since the beginning. Mm. I, I just thought that they, yeah, I pick, yeah, I better for, 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 a, uh, the adaptations by one of the justified writer producers. And I was a little disappointed because that was a, I mean, that was a great literary adaptation that the author was so pleased that he used stuff from the series in further stories. This, and I know Stephen King is, is pleased with it because he writes a few episodes later on, but I thought this was not a strong start. They stumbled out of the block. And the thing is, they've got a great cast, they've got the budget, but they didn't set up this, this ominous sense of foreboding, and clearly you need to position Whoopi and uh, Skarsgård as the two, you know, basically as, right. the, as, you know, as the king of darkness and the right, queen yeah. of the queen of light 
marshalling their forces. We didn't get that. And I just thought that the script was all over the place and it didn't need to be. Uh, Allison, your thoughts? Well, um, I'm familiar with, uh, sort of familiar with the book. I kind of started it. I wasn't able to finish it. Um, ah. it's, not, it's not my thing. Once it got past the, the pandemic stuff, which I thought was all brilliantly done, it, it got into other things that just were boring and silly to me. And, and the, I've seen the earlier uh, miniseries, which has the same effect. Um, it was, but I would, I will say at least that for the original miniseries, the early stuff with the with the plague is done fantastically. It's it's really tense. It ratchets up the tension. Um, even though you know, you know where it's going, it's still scary as hell, and it introduces the character characters in a logical way. Um, the kid who we're all complaining about really plays a super minor role in the beginning. You really don't, you, you don't get him until just prior to everybody, you know, moving across the country to the various places they're supposed to be. And, and he is introduced more as kind of like a nerdy guy you're supposed to feel sorry for. But then you see this evolution of, of him kind of devolving through the series. And he's, he's not even then he's not terribly well written i got to say he irritated me in in every version i've i've seen but not as much as he did in this because in this it's written like somebody who you know they've they're so familiar with the material that they expect everybody else to be familiar and it doesn't matter how much they jump around and they can do shorthand things with the characters that you know oh well we know he's going to be bad so let's just make him bad from the beginning you know because we know he's going to get there anyway and and it just it ended up with me feeling like I had no investment in any of these people whatsoever. I wasn't with them long enough. I didn't see the the uh, the danger that they were put in and how it escalated and, you know, how they felt about other people who were dying around them. I mean, Marsden's character, everybody he knows dies. Right. And his reaction to it is, wow, that's surprising. Well, no, um, they didn't give him a chance. They, like, he they, was trying to react, and the doctor was very much like, okay, so all your friends are dead, but I need you to do this thing. And he's right, just like, wait, the what? Writing. Yeah. That's the writing. He should have been able to have a chance to to express that somewhere and in the story he does you know it's it's not that that just sudden thing so i just i thought it was a hot mess i really did i i will watch it primarily because i understand that stephen king wrote the last episode and it's a coda which doesn't appear in the book to what happens to the characters later. So I'm interested, if only for that reason. <laughs> I, hope, I hope he sticks to the landing, because Stephen King miniseries usually run out of gas by the end. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the, the finale... I'm not going to give anything away, but the finale is going to disappoint people. Um, uh, let's go. <laughs> let's keep... Let's let's leave it there. Uh, next up, I'm going to keep watching the same. So I, I, I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Next up, we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery, and this episode was part two, Terra Firma part two, and we basically go back to the Mirror Universe, and we get to see Georgiou try really, really hard to get Michael on her side, and how many people actually believed that she had broken Michael, and Michael was now her loyal subject. Uh, 
Nobody? Crickets? Your crickets? She didn't even believe that. I know. <laughs> She's like, I can't believe that you believed me that I switched sides. And, and Georgia was like, I didn't believe it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was, that was, I like that moment though, because I thought the whole time I, as a viewer, was like, Michael doesn't break. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's just not Michael. So I did not believe it at all. Uh, but yeah, I, I did enjoy the episode and I love the twist at the end. Tom, I want your thoughts on this, Mr. Star Trek Authority. What, what do you think on the whole uh, reveal of who the guy was with the newspaper? My first thought was I hope they cleared it with his estate because Harlan was ready to sue. Oh, yeah. When Star Trek uh, 09 came out. If they had used, I mean, he had, in very public vocal forums, had said if they use elements of my episode, I'm suing. So, and I know, I know the executor of his estate. So, you know, I thought it was fine. I, I was mean, about to say, I was like, other than the suing part, what did you think of the episode? <laughs> I, you know, I thought it was a good episode. I. I worship at the feet of Michelle Yeoh. That has not been a secret. I've loved her ever since my exposure to her. My first, my introduction to her was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. When I, when she turned up in Discovery, the, I was delighted. When she was killed, I was not happy. When she came back, I was delighted again. <laughs> the fact that they're writing her off for her own show delights me. But, and I watched the uh, Will Wheaton interview her, and it was Mutual Admiration Society, because she'd been a fan of him since he was on TNG as a kid. So I thought it was a great send-off. And what was kind of cool to hear her and Will unpack it is the fact that it really does epitomize a Star Trek tenet that every, no one is beyond redemption. Everybody can choose a path that's not preordained for them. And... The, the, I got a little verklempt when she and when she and um, Michael say goodbye before she jumps into the Guardian. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like the Guardian effects. That's not how it's supposed to work. It's not supposed to look like a vortex of. Uh... Hey, it's evolved, man. It now has a now has a spokesperson. Yeah, yeah, and it, it has a spokesman now. It didn't always have that. So, you know. but, I, but I did like. For me, kind of the key moment of the episode was when she said. I'm not, you know, I'm not your Philippa. And when Burnham says, you are my Philippa. Because yes. that's kind of the tension. And, and one thing I love about uh, this, the, this iteration of the different Trek shows overall is the fact that we really are seeing Gene's uh, concept of infinite diversity and infinite combinations. People are complaining about, oh, Star Trek's so woke. It's like, dude, were you not paying attention in the 60s? Star Trek was always yeah. woke. And I love that yeah. we, started, we started this new iteration of the franchise with two strong women in a mentor-protege relationship, not competing over a dude. <laughs> you know, yep. Totally nice point. conforms to the Bechdel test. But I just thought that this was, this was a really fitting um, coda to their relationship and set up for what comes next for Georgiou. You sound really quick. You have like one minute. (laughs) I was just going to say, he covered everything. So I really don't need to say much, uh, like legit word for word ditto. Um, But since this is only one of four shows I saw, um, 
yeah, I feel like uh, it was a beautiful send off. And uh, I, I, you know, I am also a fan of Michelle Yao's, 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 uh, obviously not a big enough fan to know how to pronounce her name. Um, but, uh, and this isn't like a, oh, Asian representing Asian, whatever. Um, I like that they really, she was a great character throughout the show. I think it was an honorable goodbye. Uh, cynically, I don't know if that's the right word for this moment, but uh, it was a perfect set, a setup for the, her series. Um, I feel like they definitely softened her up, so I feel like we'll definitely get a softer, cuddlier version of her in, in her spinoff, which is fine, because I don't want her to become one note. Um, yeah, I don't really have that much more to say, except that uh, I, I really feel like this entire season has been more uh, old-school uh, Star Trek, so good on them for a, a really nice goodbye. All right, uh, Peter, real quick. Um, I agree with what everybody's saying. I am also a fan of Michelle Yeoh. I didn't realize Georgia was getting her own spinoff, so that's cool. Actually, I didn't really love the episode. I thought the episode was okay, mostly because, and nothing to do with Michelle Yeoh, uh, mostly because, like, in the first part, um, I liked Sonequa Martin-Green. I liked seeing Bizarro ver mirror, mirror World version where she's, like, she's evil and she's her acting is hamming it up to 11 or whatever. Totally fine. But that's only, like, a part of the first episode. The second episode... Like, that's the bulk of the episode is we have to deal with this evil version of Michael. And I I found it very boring. Like, it, it's almost like because the actress is playing it at a certain peak, there's, like, nowhere for her to go. So it's like, okay, I guess she's just evil and giving glances the whole time. So I didn't find that. I think Michelle Yeoh is an actress. She pulls it off for why she cares and why she's frustrated. She doesn't want to have to kill her. Yes, absolutely. I think the actress does a good job. And you guys are very right. At the end, when we get Sunuka Martin-Green back to being the Burnham that we care about, there's this, the goodbye was really good. But at the bulk of the episode, I just I just didn't find the – I didn't find that, that butting of heads. I didn't find it very compelling. So – Right. I might agree with Peter. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Allison, really quick, and we really do have to move on. Um, mainly the, the, the episode was fun for me. I mean, I just, I, I don't invest that much in the Mirror Universe stuff, except that it's, you know, fun to watch. I loved what they did with the credits, with the, the, the negative. Oh, yeah, that, was that, was, that was fun. That was cute. It was like right, right off the bat, we're going to have fun with this. Um, what made me absolutely gasp, though, was the reveal of the Guardian of Forever. Because we were discussing, what is he? Is he a Q? Is he this? Is he that? And then suddenly the reveal came, and I, I literally went, oh, yeah. <laughs> as I was watching it. Uh, yeah, that was me too. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, they showed the entrance and, and the whole thing. And yes, upgraded special effects for the interior of it. But, you know, what are you going to do? Um I just, I, I really thought that that was, that was great to watch. And that part was, was a nice reveal and a nice intro to, to getting her again into her, into her own series, which I wasn't that excited about before, but I am now. All right. Uh, I think we're overall saying thumbs up. All right. Yeah. Next up, we're going to talk about his dark materials. This is episode five. I want to say, um, and I have, I'll let you know, I had to pause the show at one point because the dude who, I don't know all these people's names, Ruth Wilson's character, somebody. I don't know. That's Mrs. Coulter. Miss Coulter. And who was the guy, the evil dude? The, oh, uh, Boreal. 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 So 
they're sitting on the couch and he's like turning on like some Barry White. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> and I was like, dude, why are you being creepy? Because as a bad guy, as an interesting villain, he's fantastic. Him trying to seduce Mrs. Coulter is so uncomfortable to watch. Uh, I was like, and she's even over there like rolling her eyes like, seriously, dude, like, what are you doing? And I love the moment where she finally just confronts him about it, where she's like, if you got me, you wouldn't know what to do with me. And I was like, yep, that's about right. And because his concept in their world of what a female is supposed to be is the opposite of what she is. And I think that's what he finds fascinating about her. But it's like he doesn't know what he finds fascinating about her. And he can't quite, because then when he's talking about the women of this world, he's like, oh, they're so arrogant, they're so whatever. And she's like, really, are they? You know, so that actually worked really well. I like that that whole confrontation that they had, because she pretty much just set him straight. She's like, no, like, dude, you don't you don't know who I am. You can't deal with who I am. And I did like the showdown between Lyra and her mom. I thought that was probably one of the strongest moments, too. And then, Allison, what did you think? Um, I loved this episode because I think, you know, as far as Mrs. Coulter went, when she went to the university and Mm -hmm. got to see the the professor there, and she uh, also was expecting it to be a male. And then, you know, she gets this woman, and it's it just, you can see it, it's like, it's like, just a knife that just stabs her. It's like the this heart. could have been my life. Yeah. Exactly. It's like you know, if I had been born in in the right world, I could have had all these opportunities because she knows she's smarter than any of everybody these men who yeah. she hangs around with. She has all these abilities. She has all this knowledge, and and in another world, she could have made something of herself. And she, and it just it calls her, and I think gets to her on a level that she at least suppressed before right and now it's like just a rage inside her yeah, and i think that's so, going yeah. to be working that i think that's going to be working very much toward you know what she does from here on out uh, again i also loved the when when lyra finally took on uh her mother by having pan morph into a, into like a, a wolverine yeah, that was that was a, that was cool. But what was I, interesting is her mother has learned to like live almost live without her demon, so it didn't affect her as much as it would somebody else. I think you know. Well, they bring up the only ones who who seem able to do that kind of thing are the witches, and so it makes me wonder if she is, you know, like secretly descended. a witch. Yeah. Secretly a witch, descended from them, partly trained by them, some you know something like that, because no one else has that ability, right. and she does. So I th- I think we're going to find out. Well, and I also like think that. she's trying to say maybe the women can do it; they're just not taught, and she basically taught herself. Um, so that's possible too. Yeah. So yeah, they left it on a really cool cliffhanger. I cannot wait. I don't like season two is like so different from season one. And that it's the storytelling is done so well. So thumbs up for me. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about Alice in Borderland. And we're only going to talk about episode three because I had to stop. (laughs) I wonder why. Uh. 
So the games, I mean, we were talking about this before. Somebody was like, it's like Saw. It's like this. And it isn't that bloody. Like, it's not, the bloodiness of it is not what got me. No, but it's third... the psychological aspect of Saw because it's it's people being forced to play games that psychologically break them. That's and, true. That and, dude and was broken. The By the end, he was told, like, I was broken watching him. Mm-hmm. Like, because uh, as I was watching this episode and they laid out, because they lay out the rules at the very beginning of the episode to tell you what the game is in this week, you know, this episode, this is the game. And I was like, how are they going to get out of this? You know, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, I don't see how they're going to get out of this. I was like, this is going to be terrible. And as it kept going, it got more and more terrible as we were watching until we get to the very end. We got a protagonist just screaming into the screen just his anguish. And they stay on him screaming his anguish for like a couple of minutes, and I was like, yeah, okay, I have to hit stop. Like, I can't. Like, it was just too much. It was it yeah. was just emotionally just too much. And I was like, I don't know. Did you keep watching? I did, but I had to get up and walk away, away and walk around for a while. Because, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, you, you are emotionally dragged through it, almost like you went through the game yourself. Yeah. And especially, it's terrible because you're invested not just in him, but his friends. Right, and right. You make this assumption based on, you know, all these other types of shows that we've seen that okay you That's know well, your other people are going to yeah. disappear like you know the the, the girl's probably going to die and whatever and but actually i thought the, the the guy with the the limp i thought the friend with the i thought he might you he know, might yeah i thought he, he might buy it least, but the two lead guys yeah, yeah he would, he, he would i was definitely sure he was going to make it he did not make it. No. <laughs> and, the, and the way that they don't make it is so wrenching because they actually, both of them come to the realization that they're, they can't make it and, right. and that, that it is, it is hopeless and that they're, they're going to, to just willingly allow their friend to live. Well, I think um, also the, the, the young, the, the wimpy one, as I call him with the leg, he was like, if we're going to die, we can't die like this. Like, this isn't the way we're going to die. We're going to die with dignity, and we're going to die for each other. And I'm getting choked up right now, just saying it. Holy crap. Um, yeah, it was just really just, like, watching that friendship and, and watching that sacrifice was just everything. This show is amazing. Uh, I do have to give them credit for that. It is amazing. I just... Ooh, I don't it's, know if twenty twenty is the year to watch it though. <laughs> it's an incredibly good show, but yeah, it is. First of all, I mean, I I have to warn people. I I've I've seen it to the end, and I have to warn people. It's it is very violent. Um, uh, there's there's people you get invested in who don't make it, obviously, and it's it it just plays with your mind. It really does. But it's it's a fantastic show. It's based on a manga, and I went, uh, researched a little bit, and there are some things that look shot for shot like the manga. Um, so it, even even the characters, the, the, the actors who they got, look like they leaped off the page. That's pretty um, cool. Which, which is kind of amazing. Um, but yeah, this, this is, 
this is really great. I'm hoping I haven't heard that they're getting a second season yet. I'm hoping that they do because there's there's still more to go. And, uh, you know, I, I would say I would encourage people if if you can if you're not if you're not totally averse to to video game violent level stuff uh, and and you can get past, you know, being traumatized every episode or so, um, that it is a worthwhile series to watch because the story is great and the characters are, are fascinating. The characters are really good, but, oh, man, that episode just, it like, I was like, I got to watch something else. Like, I was like, I can't, I can't watch the next episode. It was too much. All right, let's move on. It was definitely a thumbs up. I mean, it was oh, yeah. brilliant television. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Expanse. And they've got three episodes. We got to talk about them as quickly as possible. I thought we were just going to talk two. Oh well, we can. I mean, they dropped three. I, I watched all three, but we can talk two. Um, I what I really like about this new season is that we spend a lot of time getting to know the characters instead of the. Normally, I hate when you take the crew and you split them up. Like that irritates the crap out of me. But in this particular case, what I really like is they split everybody up and then we get all their backstory that we've been wondering about for like four seasons. So I'm totally okay with breaking the characters up and having them do their own thing so we understand who they are. And my favorite storyline is by far Amos's. So who apparently his name is Timothy. Like what? (laughs) Timmy. I was he like, is so not a Timothy. In I book. know, I right? Like, wow. I was, I, and so I, I thought that episode, which is the second one, what was the? Well, the first, both of them have part of that storyline because he's yeah. in the first episode. He's on his way to Earth, and he has an aversion to bullies that is huge, and they've always shown that. Like mm-hmm. his big pet peeve is people who bully someone. He will destroy you. Um, and so they basically reemphasize that with on the transport, there's these t- two guys that are kind of wimpy. They get, you know, bullied for some money. And he's like, no, I'm going to, he's like, I don't like waiting. I'm going to go beat the crap out of these guys now. Thank you. Uh, Tom, go ahead. What do you think? No, um, I thought it was good. What's interesting is it kind of reminds me of aspects of season one in that we've got divergent plot lines, but we know how they're going to converge because we know that a lot of this is this war the Belters are trying to trying to wage on, on the, the Inus. The Inus. And poor Naomi finding out her son's a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, so. Well, she's Good sort news, you your kid. Bad news, he's with your your ex, and they're they're up to no good. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Well, the thing is, the thing is about that storyline, they've never given me a good explanation that I recall why she abandoned her kid. We don't know. I'm sure we're gonna find out. Oh, okay, because I was like, am I Although supposed my, to know? My my impression was that she didn't abandon the kid so much as the kid was taken from her. I thought she was taken too, but when she's talking, it like never mind. That's the third episode. Scratch what I said. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to to, to <laughs> not talk about certain things, and I don't remember what episode it happened in. Well, the, the, um, the, the first I thought it was interesting that um, that Holden, Holden, and Fred Jones. Johnson. It is Fred Jones, right? Johnson. Sorry, Fred Johnson. Johnson. Holden basically te- 
knows that Fred Johnson's the one who's got who's experimenting with the proto molecule, right. and Fred's like, I don't know what you're talking about until it goes missing. And then he's like, Well, he knew that they they knew, but they weren't going to say. Right, uh, right. And then uh, the the thing with the reporter was that was actually stressful. Like, well, the thing is, I'm thinking, honey, vacuum. That's what I thought. I was like, like, what are you doing? doing? What's at the other side of that door? I know. I was like, you're in space. It wasn't like she got kidnapped on Earth and was like, I'm going to escape. I was like, you got kidnapped on a space station. (laughs) I was like, why would you try to open up that outer door? That's a terrible idea. And, and and it was a terrible idea. I mean, when she was doing it, I kept thinking, there could be a vacuum on the other side. And it was. Not. That's exactly, she yeah. She was lucky that she failed, actually. And she only got just a little pinhole, so she had enough time to survive. Right. If she'd, just op- if she'd managed to actually get the thing open, she just would have floated out into space, and that would have been the end of it. Right yeah, there. I thought the same, because when she was doing it, I was like, what are you doing? Don't do that. Like, I had the exact same thought. And I was like, how am I, who have not been in space my whole life, not, re- you know, realize, don't open that door? I was so. racking my brains trying to figure out where I know that actress from. That's Arrow's baby mama. Uh, okay, I didn't remember her from that either. Um, uh, yeah, that was that was not a smooth move. Um, Avasarala, awesome. Oh, oh, she's so good. So good. Uh, I, she hates not being in command so much, yes. so much. Well, and she's, also because she's faced with idiots. Pride. It's like she she knows what's going on. She has her 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 mind fixed on what the real problem is and where the real danger is. And everybody else is on Earth just squabbling, you know, still going on about Mars. Um, and and nobody's listening to her, and especially because they hate her. They're they're not listening to her, and what she's saying is totally reasonable, but it's become personal. So they're you know they're just ignoring her just to get at her. So stupid, yeah. Which is completely stupid, but it's you know it's very bureaucratically true. Uh, Grown ups can real you know real grown ups can realize I don't like you, but you can be useful to me. Right. Mm I can. I've seen that played out. Libby, you see it. We see that in Hollywood all the time. <laughs> Huge falling out, but hey, you can make me money. So let's bury the hatchet and make some yeah, money together. Yeah, and use and use some intelligence. But yeah, it's it's crazy. I'm loving this season. Uh, I yes. don't know if I can deal with one episode at a time. It's gonna kill me. Uh, I know. I, I so I would have blown through the whole thing. Oh yeah, and this I is really would have. This and is that's one of those. Why doing it. <laughs> All right, so we're mostly saying thumbs up. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. This show came Such back a with a vengeance. I'm loving it. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about The Mandalorian. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Thank you. Uh, and this is the finale of season two. The rest. Wow. They came with all cylinders firing. I mean, the beginning of the episode... Starts off with, the, you know, pulling the team together. You get all your Mandalorians, you get your team, and then you got some that don't like each other. Our fight, like, they had that goofy fight in the bar. And I was like, oh, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> well, why are we fighting in the bar? Let's let's move on. It's the Star Wars thing, man. <laughs> so that part, I, that felt a little like wasting my time. Because I knew that the actual rescue was going to be amazing. So I was like, let's go. Let's go, people. Let's form our team. Let's let's get this going. Uh, and so when they actually finally do the rescue and they come up with the plan, it's like, oh, the plan's not terrible. And I love the look on Moff Gideon's face when 
The ship shows up. It's like, oh, we need an emergency landing. Like, you can tell he has a bad feeling. He's like, something's wrong with this. I don't know what it yeah. is, but there's something that's wrong with this. And he's like, okay, don't let him land. Send out our TIE fighters. And they do that. And he's like, okay, something's still wrong. And then when they land anyway, he's like, oh, that was what was wrong. Like, <laughs> I like the. I just liked his facial expressions. Like, you could read everything that was going on in his face as the plan started to unfold. And he was still like, I will still outsmart them. Not quite, but close. He would have outsmarted them, you know, if not for the thing at the end, which we'll get to at the end. Other people speak. What did you think of the Mandalorian? You only have two minutes or less. Actually, you have a minute. Go. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to leave all of you guys to say everything that every single human being is going to say. Um, I, I, it was funny because, I, you know, I, I didn't know who would finish watching the show. I didn't want spoilers, but I, like, really needed to, like, you know, live in the moment. So I jumped on Twitter because I was like, Twitter's going to have plenty to say. So, um, and I got my I got my rocks off just, you know, reading, you know, tweet after tweet about the fact. And Libby asked me, she's like, when did you know? And here's what I will say. I know it sounds like I'm trying to be a know-it-all. But I had guessed that Boba Fett was coming back very early on in the series. And right before the episode before, Libya was like, do you know who it was? Or I was like, ah, it's got to be Boba Fett. So when he came back and he stayed on the series, and then right when um, Akosha, a, 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 a I don't watch the Ahsoka. 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 I don't watch the cartoons, so the animated series. So when Ahsoka didn't take uh, Baby Yoda, I was like, Okay, and there was reference to take him to the thing and maybe another Jedi will come, blah, blah, blah. That is really when my heart started to tingle and I thought, could they really, they they can't do it? How is this going to happen? So I had already had some murmurs in my heart about, you know, it, it only makes sense that they bring him back. So as soon as I saw the X-Wing, I thought, holy crap, they're doing it! They're doing it! You know? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this! Like, a, no! Like in the best way. So, of course. Uh, and then well, the last thing I'll say, you guys can, I'll let someone else say it. We all know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, all, this setup is so much like when uh, Darth Vader, like, uh, does his, like, hallway massacre, you know? Yeah, moving in. And I was like, it just, it was overwhelming, the emotion. It was, you know, we are old enough to, some of us have seen it in the theaters and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it was really, it was breathtaking. And then in case you, I was like slow and just thinking, oh, you're just imagining this or you're hoping beyond hope. When that black glove came out and I was like, it's him! You know? and <laughs> it was the green lightsaber, not the, not the glove. It was a green lightsaber. No, I was too excited. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even notice it. I just, oh no, they're doing it, they're doing it. And then when I saw the, the black glove, I thought, it is! And then I just almost sort of relaxed. It was like anticlimactic because I was like, yeah, it's going to be him. So it was amazing. It was it was probably pretty much the best that they could possibly do. And what a way to end the series. Go, someone else. Peter, I want Peter to go. go I thought it was I, – I really liked the episode a lot. Um, I, I loved the assault on this Imperial cruiser. I loved the crew. I, I, I loved um, seeing – I'm sorry, is it Bo-Katan and Cara Dune? Yeah. Yeah, I love seeing them. I love that basically, if I'm right, it's all women except for Mando, right? Yeah, but the team yeah. that does the assault is all women, right? Which I thought was great, and they don't make a big deal out of it or anything. It's just, it's just awesome. Um, I, I liked all that. I loved when Mando has the fight um, with. Well, I do. Well, I like 
before I get, I love the fight with, they're essentially these new droids, the dark troopers. They're basically like having terminators. And yeah. They're yeah. Really impressive. Like one, yeah, just one-on-one -on -one with one of them slamming Mando's helmet over and over again. I was like, Oh my God, is it going to finally break that metal? Like yes. it was really intense. I thought that was yeah. great. And then even not breaking the metal, that should have killed him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. There's only so much padding you could imagine is inside to keep his head from shattering. So, and, and then I love that in normal fashion, he he jettisons the the bulk of the dark troopers. So normally you're like, okay, good. He only has that one to deal with. And then they come back, and it's like, yeah, of course they come back. They're, they're robots. Like, <laughs> they don't We've already seen like, they can fly. So. That was great. That was that was so good. Um. And I mean, I guess I'm. I guess it sounds like we're trying to get our reactions before we talk about the beginning. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, actually, that, we, we got to actually very, go because very well paced. I, re I, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, no, I I enjoyed it so much. I thought it. I thought it was great. And that was one of those. I it, was, it wasn't so much the Tie Fighter, but when I saw that green lightsaber flashing around, and the fact that they were so coy about the face of the person yeah, who was wielding it, yeah. I was thinking, no, well, you're not gonna. No, they're not going to do it. And then, and then they did. And I, I have to say, it was, it was pretty much as successful as what the movie did to get young Leia. Uh, in that, yeah, it yeah. in that it wasn't it particularly that successful. Off kind of look, but I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. He's like seventy-five years old now. So, considering, I thought they did uh, a, an amazing job, and having the character there to play that role was I great. Will... I want to talk. I want Tom. 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 I want you to talk about the big goodbye because we got to keep moving. Uh, so, what did you think about saying goodbye to the uh, Mando and the baby saying Aww. goodbye? It was heart Aww. heart tugging. I mean, you know, <laughs> on a, on a scale of one to Michael Burnham and and Philippa Georgiou mirror universe, you know, but no, <laughs> it, it was um, it, but. It, it's interesting though because that means that this story is over and whatever. Season three of Mandalorian will be kind of a new storyline, which is not a bad thing. It'll right. be Mando and therapy. Yeah, <laughs> like I miss my baby, and they're like, "So who did you send your baby off with?" Uh, he's I never caught sword. his name. He has the sword. That's it. That's he what I'm thinking. The That's where they're going Star with three. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they ended it. You know, with, with people sat the around for the for the end credits. Um, the you know, it's now the the book of Boba, which is. Uh, amazing but i think that we're still going to be following mando because he yes he's got the dark he's got the dark saber that now bo katan wants that saber yeah yeah, yeah. so Allison, we talked about this before you joined us but that's actually another spinoff the book of boba fett that's december so oh i thought this, so i thought that they were actually just going to take the mandalorian no. series in no. that direction Se separate, oh. two different okay. shows baby woo woo <laughs> And can I just I'm, say, I'm, I'm on board with Star that. Star Wars fans range from the rude because I saw this, so I'm going to start talking about it on all social media immediately. I did not do that. Or, or the haters, like, I can't believe that they did that. that was, like, you can't make any people happy. What's to hate? I don't no, understand. We're not going to talk. We're not going to talk about the haters. We're just going to say what we think in this podcast. No, but but just I just overall Star Wars fans, it's just like enjoy it or don't, but don't be a jerk about it. Yeah. All right, but well, we need to wrap this up. Any final thoughts before we wrap this out? 
Really Great. looking forward I, to season I, I three. Season better than first season. Say for that sure. again. Houston, yeah. say what you I, said again. I second, I like second season better than first season. It was. You know it I mean? was more concise. It had a more clear story without uh, as many interruptions in the storyline. Yeah, and you know, let's just say it. We use this term all the time. That baby, that plane was landed smoothly and beautifully, and as you know what I mean, like it was great. It, yeah. I don't know, you know what I mean. So that's what I will say. They landed that freaking plane. And let's give props to Peyton Reed, who directed this and also directed the. He's the director of the Ant Man trilogy because a lot of people love to bag on him because he's not Edgar Wright, but the dude knows I, what he's doing. I like the trilogy. I, I like the Ant Man. So he did. Yeah, he did a great job. Thumbs up overall. And uh, next week we will be doing our end of the year podcast. So if you have something you want to send in as fans want to talk, send it to us. And that's what you have to look forward to next week. If you guys have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. Listen to us on GetThePointRadio.com, Krypton Radio, We Napolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye.